0: Welcome back to Octopulse, our Detroit News, Detroit Red Wings podcast. I'm Mark Faulkner, Detroit News Assistant Sports Editor, and I'm here with Ted Colfin, our Red Wings beat reporter. Coming up on the podcast, we'll preview Monday's BioSteel game in Plymouth. Our guests are Will Smith, Gay Perot, and Ryan Leonard. They're the highest scoring line with the National Team Development Program, and they could be first-round draft options for the red wings but first ted the red wings last night 4-1 winners against the maple Leafs. that's two straight wins three games over 500 now after 40 games a record of 18 15 and 7 now earlier yesterday on the word on woodward marit sider said the season is on the line now Uh, did he mean every game from here on out tomorrow marks the halfway point of the season game 41 against the last place blue jackets and then the western road trip to colorado arizona vegas then back here against philadelphia in san jose so the wings are healthier now ted they're playing better cider has five points in his last two games and they're just five points out of the final playoff position behind the penguins What do you make of Sider's comments?
1: I think they're a little, it's a little hyperbole. (laughs) I don't think it's. uh, It'll be, uh, look, the funny thing is, I don't think their record is a heck of a lot different from what I noticed. This is kind of surprising. They're extremely similar to where they were at the 41 game point last season. I think with the victory tomorrow, they'll be. I don't know, I think three points better than last year mm. at this point. So it is kind of strange. I mean, you figure it seems like they've played better hockey this year, but, you know, they were in pretty good shape at this point last year also. And then the bottom fell out last season. Um, they got a good, uh, they've played good. I thought they played really well last night, Mark. Uh, mm-hmm. The Winnipeg game was an interesting one. I mean, you know, they outscored basically winnipeg a very good team uh they played decent hockey last week in those three losses but just had bad breaks against them i know it sounds cliche but it's true i mean just some bad breaks and pucks pucks went in and the offense didn't materialize but heck, i think they'll i think they're uh, they're okay with where they're at i would imagine i mean they're within striking distance of the playoffs they played They've had a, a, they probably had the first half a lot of people suspected they might have. I mean, maybe, maybe the way they got around to it at the end point, is, you know, it's, it was topsy-turvy, but I think a lot of us probably expected them to be a, a 500 hockey team or close to it. Um, we'll see what happens the second the last, Like you said, last year, the bottom fell out. They just had a terrible second half of the season. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody really expects a terrible second half from this roster's this time around
0: now let's hear from another star last night's game Robbie Fabry he scored the game-winning goal a power play goal that schools in three straight games for Fabry here he is talking about returning to the lineup after missing 10 months with a knee injury
1: overall I mean you know like I said earlier you know my, my legs felt good outside of the first couple a uh, couple of shifts once the adrenaline calmed down and the nerves calmed down but um, no, it felt pretty good. Um, you know, making plays, you know, getting on the forecheck, you know, feels good to, to hunt some pucks. And, um, you know, uh, like I said earlier, some areas to clean up that you know I went over with some coaches today. And, um, you know, with no preseason, um, I got to try and uh, do that as quick as possible here,
0: Ted. There's Fabry talking about forechecking, hunting down pucks in his first game back. He knocked down Florida's Anton Lundell twice on the forecheck. In fact, coach Derek Lalonde. Highlighted those plays, those checks, and said, like every other player on the roster, he plays better with an edge to his game. So in Tampa Bay, Lalonde had three five foot eleven players: Ted, like Fabry, Kucherov, Point, and Belmar. They also have four players at six feet tall: Stamco, Sorelli, Ross, Colton, Demeshnikov. Here in Detroit, Lalonde has a similar lineup: four players at five eleven: Fabry, Raymond, Bergeron, Suter. The two six-foot players are eligible to come back soon, Verana and Zadina. Now, last year the wings of the smallest second line in the NHL with Suter, Fabry, Zadina, and others. This year, of course, they have better balance with heavy hitters, bigger players like Sunquest, Valeno, Rasmussen, Soderblom, Ernie, Kopp, Perron. So where, Ted, does Fabry fit into the lineup, and how important is it to find that right mix on a daily basis?
1: I think Fabry's, I mean, the way he's returned, Mark, I mean, he's mm-hmm. played really well. I think still, he still kind of puts everybody in their in his proper, having him at, for Lalonde, having him at his disposal kind of puts everybody in their right spot, like right, right spots, like right slots. He's, uh, he's looked really good I, in these three games. I know it's a small mm-hmm. sample size, but. He's getting to the spots. He's three goals in four games. He's playing with a little bit of an edge. Just gives him more depth than if Tyler Bertuzzi had he T- played better last night too. If you add him to the mix, uh, all of a sudden it's you know it's a decent four line team. It's going to mm-hmm. be interesting.
0: Time now on the podcast for our guest interview, and our guests today are three of the top rated American prospects for the twenty twenty three. NHL Draft, Gabe Perot, Will Smith, and Ryan Leonard. Joining us now here at USA Hockey Arena in Plymouth are three of the top players with USA Hockey's U18 national team development program from left to right on the team's highest scoring line, left winger Gabe Perot, center Will Smith, and right winger Ryan Leonard. Guys, welcome to our Red Wings podcast. Right off the bat, last night. Your coach, Dan Muse, told me the U18s are not a one-line team. And, of course, you guys agree with that. In fact, he says the Oliver Moore line might be the most underrated line on the team right now. Oliver is ranked with the three of you as A-rated prospects. First round, NHL prospects and Central Scouting's early rankings. But for our listeners, here's some of the stats that you guys have produced in 33 games 70 goals, 155 points, 288 shots, 19 power play goals, 11 game-winning goals, a combined plus 81. Gabe, we'll start with you. By the way, you're the son of Yannick Perot, who recorded his first career hat-trick against the Red Wings back in 1997. The first natural hat-trick by a Kings player since Wayne Gretzky scored three in a row against San Jose in 1991. But more on your dad later. How about the success of the line, though, Gabe? Coach Mew says you're an elusive player with great stick skills, that you see the ice well as the play develops and pop into the holes. What do you remember about the line getting together this year, and how have Will and Ryan helped make things work?
2: Yeah, I think uh, we had uh, times from last year that we wanted to play together, so coming into this year, I think – you know, we talked about it, and, and you know, lucky enough, we got to play together. And I think, you know, if you look at us, I'm, I'm lucky enough to play with uh, two really good players. So I think they, they make my job uh, really easy out there.
0: How much easier would you say as far as chemistry, knowing where each player goes, Gabe?
2: Yeah, I think yeah. a lot. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, Will is he's, he's really skilled. He brings uh, a lot of hockey IQ. So me and him, I uh, think, pretty similar. And then, obviously, uh, Ryan over there, he's with his speed, skill, and uh, shot, it's a pretty lethal combo. So I think, you know, playing with those guys is, is pretty special for me.
0: Will Smith, does that sound familiar? Coach Muse says that you and Gabe played a bit together last year. He said, you're great at reading space, when to make plays, when to attack, making plays in tight areas. You're the center on the line. What are your responsibilities and how do these two guys, Gabe and Ryan, fit in?
3: Yeah, I think we all, like just like Gabe said, we all three work together perfectly. I mean, um, we all kind of bring our own little thing to the to the line and the table, so I think Gabe and I uh, played a lot together last year and we had to play with Lenny a little, a little bit too. So I think um, as the year gone on, we've um, kind of got more familiar with each other on the ice. And um, I mean, we all have our responsibility, especially um, I mean, even when we get back, one of these guys will go low and take a low forward and I'll take wings. So um, I mean, we work off each other and, and communicate, communicate well.
0: Is it almost interchangeable? Will, like uh, the offensive zone, defensive zone, first man back, are there, are there any not plan plays because Coach Mew says no. There's nothing really diagram. But what are, are those some of the basics that you're thinking of?
3: Yeah. I, I mean, when we get back in the D zone, the first guy back usually takes a little forward. And um, then we usually talk it out. And if we want to switch, then we switch. Um, in the Ozone, we, we're pretty fluid. We, um, I mean, we just like to move around and kind of see what the other guy's doing and then read off of them.
0: Ryan, Leonard, I'm sure a lot of these comments uh, make sense to you. The chemistry of the line, the uh, point production, Coach Mew said, You're a hard player to defend against. You talked about your heavy shot, your quick release. How do you see your role on the team? And what do you make of the playmaking skills of Will and Gabe?
4: Yeah, I think um, playing on this team, it takes a lot of high skill and a lot of high character and compete. But playing with these guys, it's pretty easy. makes my job easy. They're high skilled players, high IQ players. So. Reading off them is pretty easy. Know what they're doing.
0: Now, you're the relative newcomer to the line. Ryan, how how has it gone as far as it's probably gone really quickly for you? Um, you have 22 goals. Will has 22. Gabe has 28. Did you expect this kind of production when you guys were first put together? Or what were your thoughts back then?
4: Yeah, I think we all had high expectations for the line. But the way it's going right now, we're really pleased. But we're not satisfied. And we're always hungry for more.
0: So, Gabe, Will, and Ryan, just quickly about last Friday's game, the game against Michigan, the 7-6 loss. Uh, Gabe, you had three assists, five shots. Will, you had two goals, four shots. You won 12 of 22 face-offs. Ryan had a goal, three assists, four shots. How do you assess your lines game that night? Where the team is at right now, Gabe and Were you checked any differently then? What are your observations about this, the Friday game against a team that a lot of our listeners would be interested in the Michigan game, the seven, six loss.
2: Yeah, obviously it's a tough team to play against. So I think, I mean, we, we had the same mentality going into it. So I think, no, we just try to play the same game we usually do and, you know, good things happen when we do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Will any observations uh, in the face-off circle about facing uh, one of the top ranked teams, number seven in the country, you're facing Wisconsin this weekend. You have all these teams that you play against. I just wonder what your thoughts are about the team's performance and maybe the line as well.
3: It's uh, We went into a packed building and it was, I mean, obviously disappointing that we lost, but um, I mean, we le- we learned from our things and um, we also obviously came out hot against Mercy the next night, but um, I think, and like you said in the faceoff, i mean, I'm really trying to work on that, especially after practice and stuff like that. So it's a big part of the game, and um, it's pretty it's pr- it's pretty hard going against these big guys, but um, it's all about technique and getting in there. So working on it is the
0: best, but uh, best part for me. Ryan, how about your game? You had four points that night, the assist guy that night with uh with three assists. What are your thoughts about the team's performance overall? The team's only lost a handful of games, five or six. But I'm wondering what your thoughts are playing against the Wolverines last Friday.
4: Yeah, I thought it was really cool to play in that atmosphere. Um, not a lot of people at our age get to play in that type of place and sold out place with all the children of Yost. Um, so I think we all just kind of soaked it in. But once the puck dropped, we were all ready to go and wanted to.
0: I listened to the children of Yost this year. I went and saw an Adam Fantilli game against Lindenwood, a team I believe you'll be playing against later. What was that like hearing the crowd, Ryan, with uh, with those fans in the corner there?
4: Yeah, I think just ever since you got out there for warm-ups, there was nobody really there in the building except for the student section, so... Right away, we knew that it was going to be a tough place to play, but, yeah, it was super fun.
0: Guys, I also talked to Boston College assistant coach Brendan Buckley last night. He's a former captain there. He recruited you guys. He played professional hockey in the AHL in Europe. So, Gabe, your linemates are from Massachusetts, and they know all about the success and tradition of Boston College. There's also six USA hockey players on the Eagles roster this year. There's six more next year your dad played in three rivers uh your older brother we talked about played with the Sarnia sting what were some of the deciding factors you were the last player of the three to commit to to BC
2: yeah I think I yeah. uh, mean my my family looked over it last season to see what uh, the best decision was going to be for me but I think looking at the college schedule with with lighter games I think it was the biggest thing for me just being able to get in the gym more and stuff like that and then obviously this deciding factor of BC I think uh, when I went there I fell in love with with the campus and, and the facilities. Also love the coaching staff. And then obviously these guys are, are a big part of it as well.
0: Well, you're apparently the 14th member of your family to attend Boston college, just outside of Boston. You know, all about Jerry York, 28 years of coaching there, four national titles, frozen Four appearances, the beanpot NCAAs. They're now led by Greg Brown, the brother of a former Red Wing, Doug Brown, a two-time Stanley cup champion here in Detroit. What appeals to you about BC and coach Buckley uh, he said there's a possibility you guys may be united. It's only a possibility. But what are your thoughts about BC and possibly having this line together? Yeah,
3: like you said, I'm a, the 14th person in my family going there. So it's it's pretty special. It's going to be pretty amazing to finally step on campus as a student um, and an athlete. So I think I'm super excited. that We're all, everyone on the team is going. is super excited. Um, I mean, just the whole appeal about the campus. It's beautiful. And especially being in the city of Boston, is pretty special too. So um i know we're all super excited and especially play for coach brown
0: ryan you have a family history of ncaa sports too your dad was an assistant coach at umass in fact he was a draft pick i believe of the new york Knicks. and your older brother john went to umass played for the sharks and is now in nashville system with milwaukee why boston college for you ryan
4: yeah i think my brother was a hometown kid um He's always wanted to play in front of his hometown, and he loved Amherst, so UMass and Coach Carville was great for him. But ever since I was a little kid, Boston always attracted me, and it was just a matter of what school I wanted to go to. And once I toured BC, I fell in love with it right away and wanted to commit right there, but had to wait a little bit. So, no, the campus really drew my attention for sure, and the city life too.
0: Coach Buckley said that they want the best environment for the team. They want the best success Have you given any thought of that at all? I'm sure you're thinking about the Wisconsin road trip right now, but uh, have you thought about that? The three of you again, maybe playing next year uh, in NCAA hockey.
4: Yeah. I think if we all get to play together, us three on a line for sure, I think I would be super fortunate and we'd make the most of our opportunity, but I don't know. We're super excited to get there and whatever happens, hopefully good things happen.
0: Guys, thanks so much for your time so far. Just kind of wrapping up with what it's been like for you guys here in Plymouth. Uh, Your parents, many of your family members have actually come down here and helped you make the adjustment. Uh, There's the hockey. There's, uh, as you were saying, Gabe, like uh, taking online classes, uh, you've got the weekend hockey. You guys are all in the weight room. What's it been like here with the sacrifices? You've got the world 18s in Switzerland coming up the NHL draft in Nashville. Any big picture thoughts Gabe about what the experience has been up to so far?
2: Yeah, obviously yeah. at first it's a little bit of adjustment coming in, just not knowing everybody. And you know, obviously I was lucky enough for my mom to come out here with me, but I think there's, there's no better place to be than here. So I think just having the opportunity to come here was no doubt for me. And then, Obviously we try not to look too much at the end of the season worlds, but I think we're just trying to focus game by game and I'll go from there.
0: Has your dad been down very often here to Plymouth? What has he thought about, uh, this system of hockey as opposed to what he did, of course. He And for our fans, too. Your your dad played in the Quebec League, and for a 10-year period, he led the NHL in face-off uh, success rate, and I believe he's helping out with the Hawks and things. I'm just wondering what that's been like when your dad does get down to watch you here.
2: Yeah, so I, I think last year he wasn't able to come up as much because he helped coach the mission, but he stopped doing that this year, so he's been able to come up a lot more, which just, obviously is a lot of fun for me. So I think whenever he comes up, he tries to give me little tips and little things that I can improve.
0: Will, how about you with uh, with your family and where you're at now? You've got this college education you'll be heading off to uh, next year with your friends and other teammates as well in the program. Any thoughts as you head into the, the last part of this season? Again, the worlds in Switzerland and the NHL draft.
3: Yeah, like Gabe said, I'm very fortunate that my parents um, were able to get a place down here and um, very uh, loving mom who comes out and uh, she takes care of us, so um that's so fortunate just like Gabe said for the move out here it can can be tough for the first couple months of the U17 year but we've all settled in and I think heading to the second half there's obviously going to be a lot of big things coming up like you said worlds in the draft but we're not really focused on that right now we're just like you said we got Wisconsin this weekend so we're focused on that and take it weekend by weekend and everything else will work out.
0: And Ryan, how about uh, an overview too, as well with, uh, you know, your dad was a a basketball guy and here you are, your brother as well, John uh, taking the hockey path. Um, Where do you think you are right now, as far as heading into this weekend series, of course, and uh, into the rest rest of the season as well?
4: Yeah, I think uh, I'm in a good spot and the team's in a good spot. And I think the line's in a great spot. So I think we're all just trying to keep the momentum that we had last weekend with, the big win against Mercyhurst and try to move forward.
0: And guys, we normally do ask our our guests, the draft eligible players, about what if they were to be drafted by uh, the Red Wings. But maybe if you guys could just quickly just talk about uh, Red Wings hockey and what it's been like here in Michigan with the Lions succeeding, college basketball, any, any team, of course, would be great if you guys yeah. got drafted by. Uh, Gabe, what are your thoughts? Today? Yeah, I
2: think obviously coming here, I didn't watch too much Red Wings or any, any Detroit sports, but I think obviously with my agent i've been able to go a couple red wings games so it's it's a pretty cool atmosphere for sure but i think like you said getting drafted anywhere would be, would be pretty cool for sure
0: how about you will have you given any thoughts at all whether uh, you wind up in detroit
3: yeah i think j- just like gabe said i've been to a couple games too and yeah. little caesar's arena is pretty pretty sick it's good atmosphere and um i mean if it if it happens it happens and it, it'd be uh it'd be pretty cool to play for uh, detroit but uh any team would be great.
0: And Ryan, what are your thoughts? The draft's not until until June, late June the 28th and 29th in Nashville when you guys are there. And all of you will be waiting, and you'll be probably just as happy when your friends and other teammates get drafted. But Detroit, any thoughts there at all if you were to wind up with their wings?
4: Yeah, I think Detroit's a really cool place, uh, what Will said. Um, we've been to Little Caesars a couple times to see the rink, and it's definitely a special atmosphere for sure. Um, but, yeah, any team that would pick me, I'd be really happy with
0: Guys, uh, thanks again for your time uh, talking to us on the podcast about your season so far, about Boston College, and down the road as well. Best of luck this weekend against Wisconsin, the Worlds, and the NHL Draft. Thanks again, guys. Thank Thank you. you. Thanks for your time. Our thanks again to Gabe Perot, Will Smith, and Ryan Leonard. Now let's hear from Coach Derek Lalonde talking about Tyler Bertuzzi, who's back in the lineup after twice being sidelined. By blocking shots, Bertuzzi returned for the last wins on this homestand Tuesday in that 7-5 win over the Jets and last night in the 4-1 win over the Maple Leafs. We want him to manage this game. It's just been such a tough, people forget he's only played a handful of games. He he missed a lot of camp too through injury, so he's had no rhythm to his game. Obviously, the game's always faster than you expect, and it's probably created some of those turnovers, Uh, but... I give him credit. He had the one stretch, he had the one egregious turnover in Anaheim. that literally ended up in the back of her net in overtime. Um, But he was trying to manage his game. From that point on, it went down again. So I think it'll be a little bit of a process, but we're going to ask of him what we've asked of all of our guys. When when we've played well this year, we've limited our turnovers. Um, So, yeah, this is part of his game that I think and hope will come around. Ted, how have the lines looked now that Bertuzzi is back? As Lalonde just said, Bertuzzi has been out of rhythm all year with those blocked shots. His line, though, is back together, like you said. Raymond has been back on track. And today in practice, again, Cop is with Fabry and Berggren. Valeno with Sunquist and Ernie. And Rasmussen is between Kubalek and Perron. So can this lineup with Bertuzzi continue to make a lot of like safe, low-risk plays, but also generate enough offense to stay in the race?
1: I thought the first line reunited last night looked good. I think they Mm -hmm. obviously have had chemistry going back to last year. Um, I think that second line has a lot of potential. I mean, Berger, in the way he's been playing, goodness gracious, you had him to the mix with those two, with Fabry, top centering i think that's a good line just like we talked about it they have a lot of depth i mean uh there's a reason for some optimism here and uh you know i mean when you get david perron and playing one on your third line essentially that's not bad mm-hmm. and you know that's a lot more than some of these other contenders have so it'll be interesting uh, i think there's, like we said, like a reason for not op- optimism here down the line.
0: And finally, Ted, the uh, trade deadline is still a long ways away. Friday, March the 3rd, seven weeks away. And certainly Bertuzzi would be a valuable forward for a contending team. Last year at the deadline, though, the Wings, as we said, their play dropped off. They were 23 games out of the playoffs. They never got higher than four games over 500. They were 13-9-3. and 3. On December the 4th, after Sider scored in overtime to beat the Islanders, but they wound up eight games under 500. At the deadline last year, they traded Nemestikoff and Letty, who was minus 33. They took on half of Letty's $5.5 million contract and half of Nemestikoff's $2 million cap hit. Now, this year, they've been as high as six games over 500. They were 11 5 and 4 on the day after Thanksgiving after Larkin scored in the shootout to beat the Coyotes. But since then, they've lost three straight, won two in a row, lost six, won two, lost one, won one, lost three, and now they've won two straight heading into these games against Columbus, Arizona, and Philadelphia. So in seven weeks, Ted, can this team get back to six games over 500 or better with this improved lineup? And will they be buyers or sellers at the deadline? We're still seven weeks away.
1: I will tell you one thing: this this week coming up, you got a Colorado team that's not playing well at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona struggling, and Vegas. What Mark Stone, I believe, is out week to week now. I saw a headline, so all of a sudden, what looked like a you know like a difficult road trip, it doesn't look too bad. And if they can go get on a roll here, if they can keep on winning more than they're losing and stay around. I doubt there will be, they won't be sell, uh, buyers. I, I don't think there's any question about that. They're not going to wait, giving away any of their prospects yes. or graphics, but i not makes the, the idea of being them, uh, them being s- sellers. I don't know. I don't can't really see that happening if they're within striking distance, but now we still have a ways to go there. Obviously, Mark, a lot of things can go, a lot of different directions to that point
0: that'll do it for episode 83 of our detroit news detroit red wings podcast thanks again ted for your time today you can find all of Ted's stories online at detroitnews.com thanks again everyone for listening rating and reviewing these podcasts